It's OLWJ Captivation, unlimited enthusiasm toward the future. The podcast introducing you to boundless superstars and other professional individuals who are capable of providing you information on achieving maximum success. Segments and episodes of the podcast will be devoted to financial wellness, for everyone deserves a shot at broadening their financial horizon. I am the host, Otis Lewis Wilson Jr. Welcome. First, you know what I must do? Offer special thanks to you, the audience and special guest who make this podcast possible. I encourage you to tell a friend or friends so that they will check it out as well. My special guest on this episode of the podcast is financial literacy educator Marcy Grossman. She is here to talk about her new book, Money Marcy's Guide to Financial Literacy. Without further ado, here is a recorded interview with Marcy Grossman right here on OLWJ Captivation, the podcast in which the letters in the title represent my name. Welcome to the podcast, Marcy. Thank you, Otis. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here as my guest. Let's get things started by you telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am a second-generation accountant. I have been playing with numbers since I started doing bookkeeping work for my father, who was also a CPA, at about the age of 14, totaling columns on a worksheet because this was before computers. I went to MSU, go green, and got my degree in accounting, became a CPA, and worked in public accounting for years with a firm and on my own. I also was a freelance writer and worked for a construction publication, an accounting publication, and various other companies along the way. And uh, in 2012, I took a position as a controller at a faith-based nonprofit, where I worked until 2021 when I left to write a book about financial literacy. An impressive resume. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I am sure that you have some great information for the audience. We are going to talk about financial literacy and your book. Speaking of financial literacy, let's first of all identify it. What is your definition of financial literacy? Well, financial literacy is the understanding of the concepts of money. It's the ability to use a variety of financial skills, the 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 knowledge of, of how all roads lead through money because even the things that don't seem to cost money cost money in some manner and, and understanding how your choices about money and other things you do impact your financial situation now and in the future. Okay. So many people talk about financial literacy, but here yet they do not understand it. Why do you suppose that's the case? Well, financial literacy isn't really a part of our educational system. Um, and it's not necessarily people get very shy about talking about their money. And so they don't necessarily talk about the, the broader topics of understanding money. 
Um, our education system is overburdened and underfunded. And sometimes your, your parents don't necessarily understand money either. Mm-hmm. So you just keep doing what's been done without understanding the hows and the whys. And people talk about money so often, even at a younger age. In your mind, when should people be introduced to the concepts of money? There's no reason you can't start having the conversations about money as early as a child starts receiving an allowance or some kind of payment for chores. So that's maybe five years old. Um, Instead of just saying this amount goes to savings and this amount goes to you to do whatever you want with, talk to them the value about the decisions that they get to make and allow them to make mistakes so they can learn that if I spend all my money on candy, I don't have it for a comic book or I don't have it for a toy or whatever it is. You, you learn from experience, and, and we've got to allow our children to have these experiences. Mm-hmm. I think about my son and uh, how he wants to earn money but yet doesn't understand the value of money. Why do you suppose that's the case? Well, until you're actually making those decisions, until you have the limitations of this is all I have, and then you can talk about this is what I have and this is what I want, money is just kind of some concept that's out there. And until you can equate it with, I have this much money, I can buy five candy bars or two comic books or one toy or half a toy, they don't understand the exchange rate, and so it's it's a hard concept to understand. In 2021, you decided to write your book. What made you finally get to the point of saying, hey, wait a minute, more people need to hear about financial literacy? Well, I would talk to clients, and I would talk to coworkers, or they knew I was a CPA when I was working at the nonprofit and I was working in the financial department and they would they would ask me questions and I would see these young adults and these older adults having questions that to me from my position obviously I knew these things but it was it was exposure to the fact of how many people didn't uh, clients my age clients older who didn't understand decisions that they would be able to make, uh, whether it was about paying taxes with estimates or withholdings or the difference between being an hourly or salary employee. All of these concepts, there were so many questions that they had, and uh, I felt I was in a unique position to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. And for someone who may be thinking, hmm, this may be a good read, How do you actually break down the financial concepts or the components of finances in your book? So for those who don't know, there are five key components of of financial literacy. It's you earn, you spend, you save and invest, you borrow, or you protect. And while I don't break into these particular categories in my book, All of these topics are covered in different chapters, some of them in multiple chapters, because the important thing to remember is these components are interconnected and multifaceted. So I break them down into 
the categories where you might use them. Uh, for example, when I talk about budgeting, uh, I include uh, sheets that, that show you, okay, these are your income, this is how you earn income and, and how you use it within a budget. These are expenses and, and this is how you list it out and how you annualize it so that you can compare it to your income and see where you're at. I discuss the difference between saving and investing and I also discuss in another chapter the um, different types of investments you could be making. I have a chapter on debt but I also have a chapter that discusses the difference between debit cards and credit cards and a further chapter that explains credit scores and credit reports which obviously affect your debt and um, your rules for repaying that debt. So I try to cover everything in, in various ways so that people can find the information they're looking for and break it down into chapters that are, that are small and, and user-friendly rather than taking a concept and, and leaving it large. When I think of budgeting, I look at it in the same principality as going on a diet. Like, oh, I'm going to stop eating this or stop smoking. I am going to stop smoking. Putting yourself on a budget in terms of organizing how you spend your money. Why do people refuse to take it serious to put themselves on a budget? Why do you suppose that's the case? Well, I look at, at budgeting differently than a diet because I look at budgeting as information. And what you do to prepare a budget is you gather all the information so you can determine, well, am I going to cut out carbs or am I going to cut out fruit? Or what is it I'm going to cut out? I guess fruit and carbs might be part of the same and I'll have any of my friends that listen to this who are into their diets tell me where I said that wrong. Um, <laughs> so so it's, it, it's not so much as going on a diet as it is looking at the food you're eating um, and, and seeing where your money goes and where it doesn't. Like anything else, you have to decide what your priorities are. So, and, and everyone has different priorities. Your priority for a budget, what, one of the things that might make Otis really happy is traveling. And someone else, it might be fine dining. And for someone else, it might be going to the theater. So I'm not going to tell you you have to cut them all out, but I am going to say what's important to you and what are you doing because you think you're supposed to. So I, I when anybody does budgeting and, and the net result of gathering the information is that they do need to cut expenses, I want them to look at the expenses and say, okay, which are the expenses that, that really don't bring me joy, that I don't need? Mm -hmm. um, because, you, because you have to spend money on the things that are important to you. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm -hmm. you, you always should find your joy. Find your joy. So if someone is listening to this podcast now, what would you advise them to do just to put together a simple budget? In other words, just to put something together as of right at this moment, what could they do to start a simple budget? List out your income. If, if, if your income comes in through a W-2, I mean through, through a paycheck, 
you know what you receive as your paycheck every week, every other week, however often you do that, and, and list that out so you can see what it looks like and compare it to what your expenses are. The more detailed you get into, the more information you gather, obviously the more accurate your budget will be. But start simple and grow it from there, and you'll start having useful information to, to determine what you can and can't afford. Mm -hmm. When we talk about tools, there are so many different uh, software packages or different methodologies and resources that can be used for budgeting. Are there any that you prefer that someone use or prefer not to use? What would you say in that respect? Anything that you have that you are comfortable with, anything that you have that fits your budget to buy it. Don't, don't go out and buy a, a $100 package that you don't know what you're doing with. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all of the tools out there, there is someone that prefers those tools for a reason, so I'm, I'm certainly not going to tell you one is better or worse. Find the one that you're comfortable with. Find the one that will incentivize you to use it and move forward, whether you're using paper and pencil, a software product, or just a uh, spreadsheet package. Right. Any of them can, can be useful. On my website, I actually have uh, some spreadsheets that can be downloaded to help you start organizing budgeting. Fantastic, fantastic. Debt. There are a lot of individuals and families, people in general, in debt. How do you approach that in your book? I, I look at reasons you might go into debt. Obviously, you go into debt because you don't have as much money as what you're trying to get. And going into debt for a house, for a car, those are typical debt that people pick up. You might also go into debt for education or for health reasons. Um, medical care, in some cases, can be quite expensive. But be careful that you're not voluntarily going into debt over things that you don't need to go into debt, um, which goes into spending more than you're earning. Once you have the debt, you have to try and find ways to pay the debt off. And there's a couple of different schools of thought for how to pay the debt off. Either you're going to pay off the highest interest rate first, which will cost you less money and hopefully get it paid down sooner. But if you have multiple debt, multiple credit cards, or other sources of debt, then some people prefer to pay the smallest one first because it mentally and emotionally helps them feel they've gotten a victory by having one less debt. As long as you're making a plan and sticking to it, um, then you're making progress and you're getting where you want to go. And if I may point out also, you use examples and stories of individuals who have experienced uh, financial troubles, but who have also been able to uh, bounce back and put themselves in a better financial position. Am I correct about that? Yeah, I was very fortunate in my book. I was able to collect a lot of stories so that the stories in my book are from real people of their real situation and for the most part in their own words. So that helps to make it more accessible to people that you can find ways to to resolve these issues and recover from debt and other financial challenges. Mm -hmm. Insurance. How do you approach that in the book? Talk to me. Tell me what's oh. up with insurance. 
So there are many different types of insurance, and insurance is, is one of those things that intimidates people. And you have to start by understanding what it is you're looking for in insurance. Uh, as with all financial decisions, you need to start by working with people you trust. In my book, I have a separate chapter for health insurance than I do from other types of insurance. Um, when, when we're talking about life insurance, for example, uh, the major types are term, whole, and universal. And you want to look at your life situation to determine which is the right one for you. So if someone says, hey, you need X insurance, and they don't even want to talk to you and find out who you are and what you need, then, then they're not the right person to talk to. If uh, someone you know, is going to sit down with you and explore what you're looking for, then that's someone you want to talk to because insurance can, can make or break your, your family, you know, in the case of life insurance, after you're gone. Uh, the same with disability, obviously, while you're mm -hmm. still here. Um, as far as health insurance is, the health insurance plans we offer now, there are so many different types, and that's whether you get it through your employer or you go to the marketplace. So don't be shy, ask questions, do your research. Insurance is overwhelming, but, but it's worth the effort to make the best decision for yourself. Absolutely, and I can definitely see why health insurance would be a chapter of its own because of the factors that are involved with health insurance. And there are some key factors that make it, uh, I guess you would say, complex to a large degree, but so much very important to have, uh, rather it's working, or rather it's, uh, you know, your age. So many different aspects play a part in the decisions that you make when it comes to getting health insurance. Right. It's it's. It's intimidating, and, but, but it is accessible if you just break it down, take your time, ask the questions, because it's much more beneficial to ask the questions and make the best decision you can than to quickly grab something and then hope it works out for, for whatever your need is. It can, it can be a significant dollar difference. Right. When I was reading the book, I thought about my uh, recent episode on life insurance, and much of it said the same thing when we talk about term life versus whole life. Do you have a preference of the two? It all depends on your financial needs and your current life situation. Uh, if you have children of an age that you need to make sure that if something happens to you, they have finances available. Term life is, is less expensive than whole life. You can get a larger amount. Uh, if you're looking for something for an estate for farther down the road to make sure different types of needs are met, then you might be looking at whole life or universal. So it's you know, ultimately, it comes down to your situation. Uh, you may end up with a mix between the two because you need a lot for now and less for later on. Mm -hmm. Investing versus saving. I look at them 
uh, as two different categories. You do discuss them in the book. And let's outline first how you talk about investing. So I have a, a uh, whole separate chapter on different types of investments you can make from mutual funds to explaining stocks and bonds and what's more liquid or less liquid and more volatile or less volatile. But I think most of the time it's a matter of understanding that uh, saving, uh, that investing is for longer term because even the less volatile investments you don't want to have to go to them and, and liquidate them, which means turning them into cash uh, without notice on them because sometimes there are penalties, sometimes it just takes time and you don't necessarily get the full value by trying to turn an investment in a short term. Mm -hmm. Whereas saving is, is more liquid and that's for the things you need. Depending on who you talk to, saving is, is under a year to maybe two or three years, investing are things for longer term so that you can ride out the stock market if the market is down at any particular point in time. Mm -hmm. The difference in terms of when someone does one versus the other. Some people like to start saving early because they understand it earlier. Some people are afraid, I guess I would say afraid to invest because they do not understand the concept of investing, which I firmly believe this is what makes it a good reason to purchase a book like yours because of how it's broken down. That is how well, I view that. Well, thank you. I, um, I tried to be very clear in how I wrote. I wanted to... I wanted to make it very accessible and understandable. I want to remove some of the fear of some of these concepts. And investing, you know, it's you can't afford to just put your money in your mattress anymore. You have to you have to let your money work for you and investing allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. And you have to be patient and ride it out. Certainly in the news the last few years, everyone has certainly heard the stock market going up and down and when you've got the longer term investments in the long run you end up with significantly more at the end than if you had just safely um, put them in a savings account. Right, right. If there is any financial concept that you wish you had put in your book that's not here, what would that concept be? Oh, you know, as, as I am uh, starting to think about what my second book might look like as I collect more stories, I, I find that what I'm doing really is exploring further on the topics that I have. Not necessarily topics that I, that I haven't covered, but maybe going more in depth on, mm -hmm. on some of the topics that I have, mm -hmm. uh, that, that this was more of a, a surface overview to get people to get their toes in the water. Right, right. So, so I don't know that I have a topic. A as of yet, the stories I'm collecting haven't given me a topic I haven't hit yet. Okay. Um, but I'm hoping that they do because as I collected stories when I first started the project for, for uh, the first book, 
sometimes someone would write in and tell their story and I would be like, oh my gosh, that is a topic I need to make sure I spend some time on and share. That's, that's a great idea. And, uh, and that was a huge help in how I wrote the book and the directions I went. Yes. I would say that the book divides the topics and breaks the topics down to a sense of helping someone to understand the basics of the financial concepts uh, as needed. In other words, investing versus saving. Understanding insurance, uh, life insurance, term life versus whole life. Uh, the importance and the value of having them. So for anything that you get yourself involved in, there is a need for it. So I would encourage anyone who may have doubt about um, financial concepts, this is something that you need to put your hands on. And I will tell you this, when you read some of the stories there, you would understand what people went through and you will realize that, oh, wow, this is me. Or this could be me. And you would see how this would all put you in a set of circumstances of saying, yes, um, this is something that I need to jump on quick, fast, and in a hurry. So let's reveal the information, the proper name of the book, and how someone can acquire the book. Thank you. Um, so you can certainly come to my website to start gaining information. That's moneymarcy.com. M-O-N-E-Y-M-A-R-C-I dot com. And there's a button on there to buy the book on Amazon as well as other resources. Uh, the book is available on Amazon and the full name is Money Marcy's Guide to Financial Literacy. And uh, the book and, and the website look similar. So that is a way to make sure you've got the right book in the wet, right website. And uh, on the website, I even have a uh, tab for you to share your story. If you've got a financial story that you'd like me to anonymously include in other things that I wrote up or just ideas of things, that topics that you say, wow, I'd like you to go more into detail, I'd love to, to hear from you. Okay. As you are promoting your book, Marcy, what type of feedback are you getting from people who have read or who plan to read the book? So far, all of the feedback I've gotten has been very positive. They've been um, very pleased about how accessible it is. They've found the, the, uh, the, the topics to not necessarily everyone is interested in every topic, but the topic that pulls them, whatever it is for each person, they've they've felt that they've they they felt that they've been spoken to in a way that they can understand that the information is accessible. So, um, so I, I've been really pleased with that. I'm I'm looking at uh, doing an audio book of this publication and I've gotten positive feedback from from them that that's something that people would like to see. Fantastic. That is great. That is great. Now, of course, what I always ask my guests and you are no exception to the rule, Marcy. What is 
your definition of the word boundless? What would be your definition of the word boundless? You can do anything you put your mind to. Simple and easy enough. I like that. Any final words before we wrap up? I really appreciate being here, Otis. This this has been wonderful. Fantastic. Well, Marcy, it has been a pleasure to have you here, and I wish you all the best going forward, okay? Thank you. The best to you, too. To learn more about me, visit my website at olwjboundless.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast mailing list. I also encourage you to learn about my financial wellness services. I can help you to understand more of what Marcy Grossman told you about on this episode of the podcast. I also encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Otis underscore Wilson underscore Jr. Follow me on Twitter at Otis underscore Wilson underscore Jr. If you know someone that's boundless In other words, who has overcome obstacles to achieve maximum success, I want to hear their story. Have them to contact me via the website as well. Any comments, feedback, or suggestions regarding this podcast is welcome. For motivational speaker Les Brown once said, It's okay to fail, because if you land on your back, You can look up and then get up. Until next time, take care.